Okay, so this is the last episode I'm going to update, upload today, and this is uh, regarding uh, Islam Makachev and the alleged use of an IV prior to his fight with uh, Alexander Volkanovsky in Perth, Australia, in which uh, Dan Hooker is the one who made that allegation. So we kind of talk about the controversy surrounding that, what Miguel thinks may or may not have happened, and, uh, you know, just kind of getting into what it means and what it could mean down the road. So this is a MMA Conspiracy Hour, Ivy Gate, and Dan Hooker. Check it out. All right, so this is Todd Atkins, and we're here with another episode of MMA Conspiracy Hour, and we're going to touch on this uh, recent accusations from Dan Hooker um, in regards to Islam Makachev. You know, Dan Hooker said that Islam hired a, a uh, doctor in Australia, like a local doctor, and they knew who it was apparently, or at least they said he said they had found out. Hooker said that, and he accused uh he basically said that Islam got this doctor to give him an IV. But since then, I think this was a day or two ago, he hasn't produced nothing as far as proof. So Miguel, I just kind of want to let you start off with your opinions on this kind of because a lot of people are running with this. Well, I, I do think it's a serious accusation that if, if Hooker didn't mean it seriously, he should have said so somewhere in the last day or so, because, um, you know, the reason he hasn't produced anybody himself is like, here's the nurse. You know, it's like Dan Hooker isn't going to do a press conference. Somebody, some authority is probably going to handle it at that level if that is what, you know, plays out here. I saw where Makachev's people came out and they said, you know, He's a nobody and he's looking for attention and that's really all that this is. And, um, you know, they're, so they're put, you know, putting Hooker down that way. Um, but they're also not, you know, making it, they, they seem to be trying to limit the situation as well. You know, they're not like, well, we're going to sue him or none of that. They're just like, he's an idiot and we're done. We don't want to talk anymore. So it's a very interesting situation. You know, what did, what did Hooker see? What What is the root of his statement? I think that's, you know, he here i think that's what somebody needs to really find out you know is he a joker or did he see somebody i i could give you a plausible scenario yeah why don't you just kind of give us your scenario you know makachev's at the championship level now it means resources and if he was going to do something like that um you know um he's russian he's you know chechen uh, there are Russian Chechen people who've immigrated to, you know, Australasia and in that area. And if he happens to know somebody in the medical, you know, a nurse or somebody like that, it's very possible that he could have somebody, you know, hook him up. And you know, the the breakdown in the chain of command might be, you know, the guy drives to work every day with an Australian friend, and the guy just happens to catch wind. And, you know, or a New Zealander or whatever. And, uh, you know, maybe a little, uh, you know, patriotism is stirred there. And they don't want the, the guy, you know, so they, they put it up or they call Hooker and say, hey, you know, our, our one of the Russian nurses is doing dirty here. Um, you know, that's a very plausible situation because you could see with Makachev and Khabib before, these guys, you know, maybe they bring a nurse with them. You know, they travel with extensive entourage that, the UFC doesn't pay for they have their own funding and stuff like that and they come with large groups of people and you really don't have control over all of them and that's what it makes me afraid um 
for USADA's uh, involvement here. Yeah, they're not capable of, of uh, really investigating something that could potentially be this deep. Yeah, and I don't think there is an investigation going on regarding this, but, you know, it is a pretty serious, you know, a specific accusation. Like, it's not like a, just some guy saying, I think this guy's on steroids. He was kind of like giving a very specific, you know, scenario, you know. Yeah, I think I'd like to know. I think there's yeah. enough that the statement warrants some type of closure, either Hooker fesses up and says, look, I'm an idiot who opened his mouth. You know, or if there's something to it, again, that's my problem with it is, is who's the right body to investigate this, to say, okay, we're going to do an investigation. The UFC, you know, USADA, USADA investigating a Russian and a, a guy with, you know, maybe a New Zealand passport now, but Russia, you know, two Russians who fought in New Zealand How is an American company going to launch an investigation? Everybody related to that part of the of the you know collection process in this fight that was there from USADA, except for maybe a, a one or two people to oversee it, but everybody in the process, the guy going to get you know the sample and keeping the sample, putting the sample in the fridge and the whole chain of command and everything, all those people, I'm pretty certain, are volunteers. And when you've got volunteers, you know, to slip a couple hundred bucks, it becomes a very difficult situation to investigate. They don't have the power to do it. Yeah, why don't you expound on that a little bit? You're saying that the UFC used some volunteers. Is that what you're saying for as part of the show? Okay. Uh, we could, you know, I, I wonder what USADA's budget looks like. You know, we go back to the old days and there was, you know, debacles where they sent the guy to collect the sample in Brazil and he got the shuck and jive. People were leaving at the gym. This, that, other thing. It turned into an odyssey where he got a sample and got it taken away and the boxing commission down there. Could, you know, they, there were all kinds of stories there. So what happens is one person is not enough. You need a couple of people. Now, at the event, you need people chasing him around. Hey, look, Makachev's checking in. Hey, you know, we're going to need you to step over here before you get to your room and give us a sample. This is what that job is. Who is collecting them? Now, once they collect them, they've got to put a little piece of tape on them, make sure that they don't get tampered with, you know, wink, wink, and uh, put it away, you know, go upstairs. They, they, these things don't go in the mini fridge. Whatever type of sample, you know, it's probably urine, but they don't go in the mini fridge. They do have to be taken to a clinic and, you know, process is a biological sample you know correctly so now they go to a clinic where they sit overnight with a security guard it's just there's too many people there that are not in the chain of command of the ufc and are not being paid by usada to do this work because how, what do you pay a guy to chase a guy around for a sample all day now multiply that by the 20 fighters yeah, and USADA would have to have an infrastructure similar to a boxing commission in order to service everybody. So they show up with, a, a, you know, a one or two overseers, and then they have four or five people to chase down the four or five samples they want on that particular show. Now, keep in mind, they're also, you know, flying to locations and maybe getting samples for people that are off the fight, not at the fight show. But at the fight show, there's some policing that they have to do, right? So they, they don't have enough people. The boxing commissions used to do this. You know, they used to collect the samples and run the steroid tests and stuff in New Jersey in the old days and things like that. I don't know how USADA plays into that. They probably work in conjunction with the commissions in the states, but we're not in the states. 
they really have no you know they really have no investigative authority in Australia that I know of or you know New Zealand anywhere in those countries there they already have somebody who does that job there I think so yeah I it's it becomes a confusing situation and unearthing the real truth here is what uh, I see is, is going to be a real problem here no matter what we hear it's going to be hard to believe that we're getting the whole story. Yeah, I mean, I could see if he gives details other than what he's given, like the name of the doctor, location where the guy works, that kind of stuff. But if Hooker's just going to sit there and not give any details, at some point you have to assume he's lying. And if he's lying, should he be held accountable? Let me ask you a question. If you hit your wife, should you be held accountable? You know, that's the world we live in, you know. So so Hooker could say, Hooker didn't fight. He's kind of there hanging out, part of Volkanovsky's entourage. He probably has got a, a pass to be around the octagon and be backstage and stuff. So he probably could be around, you know, hanging around and stuff. But what if he said, oh, I was just, you know, I was drunk. I'm, you know, I'm not meshing in again. Never say anything again. And it goes away. There will always be the seed there. Who would have been, let's say there was an allegation. Let's say the doctor did come forward. Let's say they found the bag in the garbage, you know, uh, the, the sailing, you know, whatever. Who's the right person to investigate it? There is nobody really. Of course, the UFC is going to put this in the, let's put this over here in the no repercussions bin, right? You know, it covers the Dana problem with slapping his wife. Now we got something else on top of it that we're ignoring. Who investigates this? USADA? Also, not qualified. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. It's going to be... Uh, there probably wouldn't be anyone who... Got, but if someone did have to investigate, if they had to pay somebody to investigate, then he should... And he's lying, then... You know... No, I, I, I agree. Yes, I, I agree that he may also get away with, you know, yelling fire in the theater kind of thing, just saying something stupid that causes a problem, a little bit of a, uh, you know... Uh, Khabib, and I know Markachev's not Khabib, but the, the the team over there, if if they wanted to take it as a, a libel and, and lawsuit, you know, we're in, we're in the fight world, people don't deal with things that way. But, you know, if that were, you know, Hooker may have left himself open to that kind of thing. And he would deserve a little bit of trouble that way if he's lying, completely making it up. You know, something something should come of it. But I, I, I don't think... I don't think there's much of it. The, the, the real thing is, you know, the way this would work in the States, let's say there was a real allegation of, and there was a real problem in the States, the boxing commission should probably take over. And the boxing commission does have an extensive power of investigation because at the end of the day, the boxing commission's answer, as far as I know the structure, unless it's changed or, I don't think it's much different from state to state, but the Boxing Commission answers to the lieutenant governor. And the lieutenant governors are responsible for the ATFs and the police and the SWAT teams and stuff at the state level, the state cops. So how do you shut down an illegal prize fight? The Boxing Commission calls people on the same chain of command, on the same food chain, under the same boss, and the cops go and shut down the event. So will the New Zealand police determined that they're made you know that this is a crime worthy of investigation and put a couple of people on it and and be completely independent you know ask the questions that are hard ethnic questions you know maybe he knew a russian you know 
Prove to me you didn't know a Russian uh, nurse at some point that came aboard. You know, if, if the nurse comes, if somebody comes forward and it's a name and it's not Russian, I'd be very surprised. And, and you know, that part of the investigation is something I don't trust you, Sada, to do. If Hooker were to be right, you know, I think you you mentioned it uh, that Markachev would be facing a two-year suspension. He didn't want to serve a two-year suspension in his prime. Nobody does, you know? So, but but to me, you know, we can focus just on this, but the reason to be suspicious of the Russians is, you know, the Sachi Olympics, which are right near Chechnya, and I believe Katarov, the guy who's in charge of Chechnya, had a lot to do with setting up those Olympics. And it's proven that they took, they built a state-of-the-art clinic to handle all the blood tests and everything there. And instead of doctors, it was KGB agents, well, whatever, FSB, whatever they're called now. They, they were shadowing everybody. So it's a state-run program. They have a different thinking on, on it. It's not cheating to them. So do they have a tendency to, to accept it among themselves? Yeah, I think if they think differently, then they may be looking for a way around the rules. Now, we have rules, and we can't enforce them, so it all becomes a laughing stock. But I do think with the record of Russian athletes in tennis, in boxing, in many sports where they've come under question and under scrutiny, and in the Olympics specifically where they've been banned from the Olympics, then, you know, the deeper question has to be answered or, or should be answered. It, it lends a little bit, maybe, maybe Hooker read the same news I did, and maybe that's where the statement comes from. No, they're all dirty, cheating dogs, you know what I mean? It's like that, that it could be that. And Makachev, you know, like I said, he, he seems like a, a by-the-book guy, uh, you know, religious guy, you know, no alcohol, things like that. A lot to admire in the way he carries himself. A lot to admire in the way that he competes. But if at the very core, he grew up under a different rule book where it's really not cheating to do this stuff. It's just getting yourself to the best possible condition. Then, yeah, maybe... He said, hey, look, get me a, ba a sailing bag. It'll make me feel better. No one will notice. You know, so uh, again, uh, he shouldn't have to carry the burden for the whole country. But, you know, I, 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 think, I think what shows here glaringly is that there will, won't be an investigation of the level or quality that is needed to really find out what's happening here. Now, if you were a hooker, would you feel pressure to come out with some stuff or no yeah i you know hooker's a veteran of the ufc stuff he knows you know at some point especially you know i don't think he's in the championship picture anymore really so at some point you know you get the idea that attention is 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 good one way or another um the ufc doesn't go down under that often you know so you gotta kind of take advantage of that sort of stuff um so yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what Hooker says at the end of the day. The next time he's asked about this, is he just going to say no comment, or I was kidding, or no, somebody should look into that. You know, any one of those answers just is closed, and there's nothing else that's going to happen. You know what I mean? So it's like, 
you know, I, I and I think that that's more or less probably if Hooker didn't actually see or know something, then that's the seed of it is, you know, that there's doubt about those athletes from, you know, the worldwide scrutiny of the last, you know, decades. And, you know, sometimes you're looking for advantages and sometimes you talk. Now, let's kind of shift gears a little bit because we kind of, I think we've kind of covered everything we can cover on this particular topic. I wanted to ask you about, I know we've talked about power slap quite a bit, but what I want, and I know you don't like this topic, but I did want to pick your brain about, you know, a lot of people looked at the social media all the way up to the day of the UFC. And I'm talking even after the UFC was over. So this it didn't like they shifted gears the day of the event. There was more power slap stuff on the UFC social media by far than there was UFC 284 stuff. What do you make of that? You're sneaky, Todd. You're sneaky. You're sneaking this topic on me. Oh, my God. You know, again, it is, it's the thing. It's what we've determined is really going on here is that there is a great mystery. It's like, you know, a lapse that Dana hasn't had in his 20 year career, you know, maybe, you know, you could point to like stage North cut where he kind of fell in love with a guy that, you know, didn't cut out uh, to be a UFC champion. And, you know, there've been other guys that, you know, haven't panned out that he's been wrong about and things like that, but he hasn't put, you know, his push behind a particular fighter, like, anywhere near what he did with power slap so this is an amazing lapse to be watching him and continue to do continue to do and not correct it i have no other explanation how can the ufc you know why would the ufc now which is run by endeavor now i i saw somewhere where this power slap thing was a white fertita production of some type so are they all three in bed to produce it i mean it takes the fertitas successful by Every monetary measure, right? I mean, you know, they sold the company for a lot more than they made. They were, they already had enough money that, you know, the brother that we don't hear about owns the Houston Rockets. So they were okay financially. And now they're, they're behind this, you know, they, you, if it was a Fertitta project, you might be excited. You know, I, I don't know. I, I've, I've heard too that, you know, they, they weren't the owners of the top A-line casinos either, that they kind of had that slumlord. So maybe this is, I don't know, no explanation for the Vertina's presence, no explanation why Endeavor would allow their uh, social media to dip this low. And what you said is a tragedy and a disrespect to what we do in MMA that, you know, the proportions of it can't really be described. To me, they're huge. It's like, how does that happen? How do you have a one, two, title match where Volkanovski, you know, people were giving him a shot. Um, it was a compelling fight. How can that receive so little attention compared to something that is so, you know, bottom of the barrel and distasteful, you know, it really, it, I, it makes, it still makes no sense to me. It still makes no sense. And the more like you peel back the, you know, endeavor, like you said, using their, social media power, right? Because it's not like they have, oh, we have 350,000, oh, 360 next week. We're talking about millions already, right? Dana himself, millions of followers. Why are they stooping so low? You know, I, I think they, you know, 
a guy with eight, that many followers should be able to be like, check out this fighter like they did with the uh, with the 17-year-old Rosa. And instantly he was everywhere. That's what they're accustomed to doing with their, their social media. And it, it's failed to do that every week with power slap, yet they continue to push it down our throats. I, and you continue to push it down my throat. <laughs> Is it because they paid for this stuff and this programming and they feel like they have to make this happen? Look, business strategies at that level are not, you know, are not my forte. They may be saying, no, we got to get our money back no matter what, or, you know, go back in, or we're going to do a second season. You know, sometimes it is one forceful personality in there that's pushing it. Maybe Dana, maybe, you know, someone behind the Probably scenes. Probably Dana. Yeah, but, but, you know, Dana's the, the right personality to be pushy about it, ramming it kind of down people's throats. It's like, no, it's going to be big. No, it's going to be big. He hasn't been wrong before, you know. John Jones is going to be big. Kamzat Chamai was going to be big. And to the people around him that are not experts in MMA, he really begins to, you know, you get used to it. And then here he's just falling out his face. And it's like, is there really nobody that could say, look, enough, you know, this, no, just no more, you know. If you can pull the plug on the 155-pound division, Dana, Way back when you could pull the plug on power slap down. We forgive you. Yeah, it, it's hard to understand. I mean, not just that this was a big fight. This was the number one and two guys pound for pound in the UFC. And it's almost like it was an afterthought promotionally. It, it, now, they're both foreigners. It wasn't held on in the States. There are a couple of reasons why they, and those are all poppycock. You're absolutely right. This was a fight that they should have been behind. If not, you know, is it how can you not be behind a fight like that when it really is it's two of the most active and deep weight classes, you know, fighting each other in a compelling fight. I, I think the guy who won was favored and they, people expected him to win because he's bigger, but people wanted to see the fight and they didn't get the attention it deserved. It, it, it got Demetrius Johnson-like attention. And, you know, there's another one of those things that nobody calls the UFC on, but they may have let, but let the best all-time fighter, technique-wise, go in the past already, you know, for ego, too. You know, they just let Jens Pulver into the Hall of Fame. And, uh, you know, what about Frank Shamrock? You know, wasn't I think he was there before Jens, and, you know, he's almost, you know, I don't have to go over Frank Shamrock's credentials, but it still is somebody saying this guy, yes, this guy, no. And that's just not the way you, that's the way they run their company, but that's just not the way you do things if you're doing things the right way. Isn't Jens Pulver doing some stuff for the UFC on Twitch and that's why this happened the way it did? Whatever Jens did to get back on their radar, you know, I'm, 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 I'm sure it wasn't that degrading, you know, take a job, maybe apologize, or maybe, you know, go over a conversation or something, or, or maybe it was, you know, sink Monty be like, look, I'm, you know, I'm not making any money and I, I don't like him anymore or whatever, whatever the situation is there, Jens deserves to be where he was solely on his fight credentials. Mm -hmm. So why did that have to do? Why any circus? Why did we have to wait all this time? When do they, in, when do they input people into this hall of fame? 
on a yearly basis or when Dana decides. You know what I mean? It's like I, I, there's, there's nothing really. This is just a little bit of a, a good thing. It's good. It's great for Jens, especially if he's able to put some money in his pocket and stuff, because, um, you know, there's a guy that for what he put into the sport didn't get out of it what he should have. You know, so you like to see that, and they're doing they're doing the right thing. But it's just one minor example of them doing the right thing, in a, you know, in a vast field of them not doing the right thing. So, you know, that's the that's the Jens Pulver situation. I don't know. I don't even know how we got there. But. Yeah, what I mean is Frank Shamrock's never gonna work for the UFC. Uh, yep, absolutely. Yeah, that's not you know. And because of that, he'll I never get in the see, Hall of Fame. And and how are those two statements taught? Like, why? Like, what's the logic? Like, what? So his accomplishments in the ring are diminished. And he's done nothing like, you know, get caught gambling on the sport. I, I don't know. You know, like in the case of Pete Rose or in the case of baseball, they've kept people out of the Hall of Fame. You know, Dana not liking you should not be a keep you out of the Hall of Fame level offense. You know, I mean, you know, as simple as that. And sometimes that not liking you may be because you were double-crossed on a deal. I mean, there may be some legitimacy to it. But again, Dane is not the authority here. There should be some type of, you know, governing situation of the greater good of the sport that tells you how to operate, you know. And, and, and you know, like I said, Jens, get paid, baby. Go get your money. Yeah, he deserved to be there. Like you said, whether he is doing business with the UFC now or not, the spot he's in, he deserved to be there. He earned it with the in-the-ring stuff. No doubt he should have been there in the first induction that they ever did, along with a bunch of other people that are not there. And, you know, I mean, it's a different subject, but you know, the UFC is not even qualified to do a Hall of Fame or a museum because the sport's greater than them. There's just, there's more, especially from the history in the early days, than the UFC abroad and in the world. And they're trying to whitewash it and it's not right. You know, and it, the Jens thing is just one little chip in the other direction. But it, you know, unless it comes with like a wholesale, like, yeah, uh, you know, reckoning with with their with the real past of MMA and stuff. They're, they're never going to do it. It's just a you know, uh, a chip to look good. Right. Yeah, I think that's a good thing to end on. You know, kind of message for people that maybe uh, are new to the sport. You know, Miguel and my both you know have a lot of history in it, and uh, you know this is part of it that doesn't get talked about enough. But uh, you know. It, until the next time, until the next episode, this is a subject maybe we could get into sometime. And, uh, you know, I appreciate everyone checking out the MMA Conspiracy Hour. Until the next time, take care. All right, so as always, I encourage you to check out my YouTube channel. You know, I was doing a lot of live stuff on Instagram, but I think... Uh, Doing it on YouTube, the sound is better, the quality is better, you know, using Zoom to uh, translate, to transfer stuff to YouTube. I just think the quality is a lot better. The audio is better. 
So uh, I think I'm going to use that from this point forward. And, uh, you know, so check it out. My YouTube channel, you can just put in Todd Atkins or Todd Atkins Show and you'll it'll come up. And uh, as always, anyone who takes time to listen to this on audio or watch my stuff, I greatly appreciate it. And uh, I'll, I'll try to do better in getting uh, these audio episodes up quicker. Take care.